And um, we'll read it uh, in a couple, t- just a couple different translations. Uh, but the King James Version says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, it says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. Uh, and, of course, uh, where it says quit you like men, uh, that's uh, an old English use of that word. So it doesn't mean like, uh, like stop and end. Uh, I'm sure nobody could quit like a man could quit, right? But that's not really what it's talking about in that sense. Uh, it's, it's talking about being strong uh, in, or act like men. Uh, and I uh, just thinking about that verse there and how, you know, uh, the, the book of 1 Corinthians was written to the whole church. Was it written to the men of the church? It was written to the whole church. Uh, and in this sense, uh, he's saying uh, act like men in, in the sense of being courageous. Uh, and so, you know, in our society, uh, it, it's really subtle and, it's, uh, and you have to really watch it. But in our society, there's such an emphasis to stop acting like men. They want men to stop acting like men. Uh, and, and they come up with phrases like toxic ma- masculinity. Anybody ever heard that phrase? Toxic, you know, you know, acting like a man. Well, yeah, that's because that's what I am. Amen? Uh, and so if you don't like it, that's really on your, on your problem. And, and, and the reason why is because uh, men are supposed to be men and women are supposed to be women. And if, they, and if men stop acting like men, then everybody acts like a woman, right? And there's nothing wrong with women. But everybody shouldn't be women, amen, in the same way that everybody shouldn't be like men. But there are attributes of men that even women should, should uh, embrace, which is to be courageous, amen, to be strong like a man and not be uh, 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 all pacified all the time, amen. You know, they used to, they used to tell you when, um, uh, when the, your airplane was hijacked, don't do anything, just, you know, get a free ride to Cuba or whatever, and then, you know, get a free ride back, you know. And then 9-11 happened, uh, and then uh, nowadays you want to be on the airplane with all the bubbas, right? Because if anybody acts up, they, they all got duct tape and bailing wire in their, in, their, in their backpacks, and they'll duct tape you to the chair, right? Uh, and so, or they'll, you know, they'll knock you out or whatever, they'll take care of you, right? But uh, if you've got a bunch of men who aren't men, you know, they're like, oh, somebody should do something, right? There's nothing wrong with being a man, amen? Just like there's nothing wrong with being a Christian, there's absolutely nothing wrong with being a manly man, amen? Now, I know, you know, there, there's different, you know, I'm not a hunter. You know, I, I know a lot of people like to hunt and murder mammals, you know, uh, and that's fine, right? That's not what defines you as a man, right? Uh, like uh, Some men like uh, like fishing, you know? Uh, I mean, I've, I've fished before, but, you know, you'd have to give it up because you're so bad at it after a while, right? Uh, and, um, uh, you know, a lot of men like to watch sports. Well, that's great, you know? I mean, I watch sports, but if you ask me, you know, who won the Super Bowl two years ago, like, was there a Super Bowl two years ago? I don't know, you know. I probably watched it, but, uh, you know, those aren't what defines men being men. What, what's defined men being men is being courageous and being strong. Amen? Uh, and everything else is fine, right? I mean, there's nothing. If you like sports, fine. If you like murdering mammals, it's fine, right? I mean, I got no problem with that. Amen? Uh, and I know I'm being facetious about it, but I really don't care if you like to, if you like to hunt. There's nothing wrong with that. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but from the, from the Word of God's perspective, uh, the Bible wants men to be men, be courageous, and, but it also wants women to be courageous, amen, to never back down from a fight. Uh, and uh, there's such a push in the, in the church to embrace the ideas of the world, to be, be passive, right, to not stand up, uh, to back down all the time. You know, Jesus never backed down. He never backed down at all, right? Uh, they, would, they would say things that he would never run away from a fight, you know. Now, sometimes he didn't say anything. Uh, but he'd stand his ground, amen? Uh, and so you have to find your, your, um, your place in that. 
but all this push in our society to remove what they call toxic masculinity is just they, they want men to stop being like men. But they say that, but they don't really want that. You know, there's very few women who don't want to marry a man, right? I mean, you know, there are a few who want to switch sides, but that's a different discussion. But, uh, but the, 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 the women who want to marry men, they want to actually marry a real man, amen? They don't want to marry, you know, they don't want to marry a woman. Uh, and so there's nothing wrong with being a man, amen? Nothing wrong with acting like a man, with being a man, and being courageous and standing up for things that are right, amen? Uh, and because he said that what the word of God says, quit you like men, right? Uh, uh, other, uh, other translations, act like men, uh, act like men and be courageous. Amen. Uh, be resolute, uh, acquit you like men, uh, and, and be manly. Uh, there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. Cause if, cause if the word of God tells us to do that, then it's okay for us to be like that. Well, what if the world doesn't like it? That's really not our problem. Amen. So is it okay to be a man? Be a man. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, you know, it's one of the hardest things to see a man who's not being a man, right? Who just beat down, you know, uh, and just, it's just, it's, it's hard for me to see a man like that, you know? Uh, and, uh, and I know there's been a lot of, you know, men can get out of balance in those things and be ogres in their marriage and stuff like that. I understand that. Uh, but be a man, amen? Uh, and, and, every, and, and when you say that, most people know what that means, right? They're, but sometimes they're afraid to do that. They're afraid of their spouse, right? I'm not afraid of Chris most of the time. Uh, and so, uh, and so what's that? Yeah, you do better. <laughs> but when, when, you know, uh, in our marriage, we've been married for 35 years. Uh, and, um, you know, the, we find the balance in that thing. We were talking about this just yesterday about finding that balance in that. You know, every marriage has to work according to what works with you, for you guys. You know, but uh, there's only been a few times where I've had to pull up my man cards. No, I'm not doing that, you know. Uh, and, um, and so, you know, you've been with somebody for 35 years. You've got things that you've got to deal with on occasion. But, you know, for the most part, I mean, we, we've rarely ever had any, uh, we've never actually had any real fights, you know. I mean, you know, when, when some people talk about fighting in the marriage, you know, they're ducking frying pans and, you know, hose in the wall. There are no, uh, there's never been a frying pan uh, in the air in our marriage, you know. Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, you, you just, you have to do that, amen. You have to be a man. Uh, and so, uh, and if you don't know how to be a man, go find people that are, that are manly and hang around them. You'll know real quick how to be a man. Amen. It's not that hard because uh, you were born to be that way. Amen. Uh, and, uh, and I like hanging around people that are, that are just, you know, uh, that are courageous. Amen. And fearless uh, and, and because it encourages me to be that way as well. Amen. Uh, and so anything wrong with being a man and even you women, right? Don't be a man, but, you know, be courageous like men. Amen. And so praise God. Well, let's stand and greet each other for just a minute, and we'll get into praise and worship. We see you operate strong in our lives. Father, I thank you that just as the song said, it repeats your word, Father, which says all the promises of God are in him, yes, and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Father, one of the best ways that your people can show you glory and show the glory of God to the earth is by receiving your promises in our lives, the walking in health and peace, Father, in gladness and joy, and walking in the fruit of the Spirit and love, Father. Father, we thank you. We have access to all the blessings of heaven. Father, you said in your word, thy will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. 
And so, Father, you established what your will and desire is for mankind. While we sojourn in this earth, Father, you desire us to live just as, we're, as we live, we will live in heaven, Father. With the same joy, the same peace, Father, the same victory, the same fullness of blessings, just as we will see when we arrive in heaven. And so we thank you for that, Father. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. We choose to yield our lives to you, Father. We choose to hear from heaven and to read your word, Father, and to be diligent, Father, to submit to both the words from heaven and the words from your book. Father, you're great and kind and merciful to your people. You're worthy of all praise, worthy of all adoration, Father, worthy of all honor. So, Father, we will honor you with our lives. We will honor you with our voices and with the words that we choose to speak, Father. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the mercy of heaven. Father, we give you all praise and honor for these things. And, Lord, we thank you for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise God. Is the Lord good? Appreciate all the wonderful things he's done for us. Amen. Well, let's open up our Bibles to the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians. We'll get started there today. We've been teaching on the subject of spirit, soul, and body. And, um, um, and really the, the, one of the best benefits of studying a topic like this is it gives you some insight about how the Lord created humanity. Uh, and um, if you know that, then you'll kind of know the limitations. It's just like somebody who's really, who knows uh, vehicles really well, or, or uh, Chris works for an engine company, and they make all kinds of engines, and they train technicians on how to operate these engines and fix these engines. And these technicians can tell you the limitations. You know, they'll, they'll work really good in this environment, but they won't, won't work really good in that environment. Uh, and so they know that, and they'll, they'll know the best use of that, uh, of that engine and where to put it. And it's the same thing if you know some of, of uh, have some understanding of how God created humanity, uh, how he created you specifically, then you'll understand the limitations and, and compensate for those things and, and adjust your life because, you know, we are created beings, and so we're not deity, so there are things that we have that are, that are limiting, right? For example, uh, we need to sleep, Amen. That's part of the way the Lord made us. Well, why did he make us that? I don't know, you know, but he did make us sleep. Now, the Bible says that he never sleeps nor slumbers, but mankind does, amen? So you need sleep. Well, how much sleep do you need? You need as much sleep as you need, amen? Uh, you know, they'll say, well, you've got to have X number of hours of sleep. I don't believe that for a second, you know? Uh, it's, it's you should get as much sleep as you need. Now, some people, they really like sleep, right? Uh, and they may need to adjust that, you know, if, if they really, really like it, you know? Uh, and we were watching, uh, this is years ago, I, I didn't even watch the show, I just saw a glimpse of it, you know, uh, they were doing this, uh, I think it was like a wife swap or something like that, you know, it's a terrible show, uh, and, and so, but it's like a train wreck, you can't help, help not watching part of it, uh, and so uh, this one wife, though, she called herself like a shama or something like that, and so she, what she did is she stayed in bed all day long, uh, and her husband let her do that, it's just, you know, 
me and Chris wouldn't get along at all, you know, if she wanted to stay in bed all day long and then I had to come and wait on her. No way. There's no way that's going to happen. There's, you know, and so, but the husband she had was, oh, yeah, honey, it's okay, or shaman, you know, whatever. I don't know what word she uses, some stupid word, you know. Well, she got this real man as the husband, you know, to swap with her, you know, for, for a week. And he's like, no, you're not staying in bed all day. Get up, you know, do something. Are you working? No. Well, then fix some food or, you know, wash the floor or something, you know, and uh, do something just laying in bed all day long. But see, she, she decided that that's what she wants to do. And so she wrapped it up in this, all these lies and, and, and excuses about how she is a shaman and how she is sustaining, blah, 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 blah. But, uh, but see, uh, if you allow your flesh, it will control your life. Amen? And if you recognize that, then, then, you, then you'll get to a point where you don't allow your flesh to run your life. Amen? And a lot of people just, uh, when they say, well, that's just the way that I am. And, and they're, really, uh, they're really, when they say something like that, that's really a mushy statement because it, there's not enough understanding of what you just said. Because when you say, that's just the way that I am, what you're really saying, that's the way my flesh wants me to be. Although my spirit wants me to be a person of good character, a person you know, who's diligent and hardworking, but your flesh wants you to be lazy and eat donuts on a couch all day. So when you say, I, that's the way I am, you really need to specify, well, which I are you talking about? You know, Paul is really clear if you read, him, read his words carefully. He, he makes a distinction between his body and his spirit and, and his mind. Amen. Amen. Uh, and so uh, a lot of times people read the word of God and, and they're confused because they don't make the distinction between spirit, soul, and body. Uh, and if you'll make the distinction because the, the Bible says the word of God will, will be a discerner of, of, uh, of the spirit and soul. And so you can, by reading the word of God and studying it well enough, you can understand, okay, this is my soulless person over here. He's got limitations. I need to adjust for those. My spirit man over here, he's uh, sealed by the Holy Ghost, so he's good. But he needs to be fed and needs to be yielded to and need to be strengthened. Uh, but otherwise, you know, he's good, right? He's sealed by the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then you've got your body, which just needs to be told, shut up, you know, on a regular basis, right? Uh, and, and so if, you'll, if you can get some understanding of how these things work, see, then, then, then you can have some more stability in your life. There's so many people that just, they're just, where are they? One day they're way over here, and the next day they're way over there, and the next day they're way over there. And so, well, you know, in their mind, in their thought life, and in their, their spiritual walk with the Lord, no stability. Uh, and, and why? Because they're yielding to not their spirit, right? Usually to their mind or to their flesh, right? Uh, and if they, if they can learn that and recognize that and make adjustments in, uh, in relation to that, see, they can, they can uh, settle everything out, right? It's like tuning the engine. Uh, you know, you, you, if your engine's not tuned right, uh, you got one cylinder that's not acting right and your whole engine is shaking and it, they can go in there and just adjust a, you know, a, a fuel valve or something and, and uh, make everything work right. Uh, and people that, that know, you know, the technicians, they know how to do those things. Well, the Word of God tells us how to do those things in our natural lives and that's like that we live on this earth, amen? And so uh, we had talked about the Spirit and, uh, and how it's born again. Let's read our verse here in First Thessalonians chapter 5. It says in verse 23, "...and the very God of peace sanctify you holy." So it's talking about your whole body, right? Your whole person, and not just your physical body. But I pray God your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So Paul uh, makes a clear distinction that there are three aspects of humanity, spirit, soul, and body. Uh, and so your spirit is the most important aspect of you. It's the part of you that will live forever. Amen? Amen. Uh, in fact, your spirit and soul both live forever. They're, they're eternal in that. Where they live forever is up to you. 
but they will live forever. They will never cease. Why? Because they were created by God, right? The, the Bible says that he is the father of spirits. So when he created your spirit, he took out of, of, of himself and he created your spirit. Well, well, God's spirit can't, it can't cease to exist. So neither can your spirit because when he made that, it's eternal. Uh, and so, uh, and then once you get born again, that spirit gets sealed by the Holy Ghost. So when you receive the life of God back in you by accepting the Lord Jesus, that spirit man on the inside of you sealed by the Holy there's no errors in it. And that's the confidence that we need to have in the church is that my spirit man is perfect. Now, it may be immature in a sense of it hasn't fully grown up yet, just like a baby that's perfectly healthy when it comes out. It's, it's got all the parts that it should have, but you wouldn't give it the keys to your car, would it, right? Uh, because it doesn't have the strength to do it, right? Uh, and so your spirit needs to be a fed a good diet of the Word of God and prayer. Uh, and if it gets fed a good diet of that, it will grow and, and be a sure guide for you. Uh, otherwise, what happens is it's kind of quiet and meek, and, and you'll never hear the voice of your spirit because your flesh and your mind is so loud. Uh, and your mind and your flesh, do this, do that. You know, talk bad about them. You know, uh, uh, strike back at them. And your spirit man's like, no, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh, and you're, because your flesh is so loud and your mind is so loud, you, sometimes you never hear the voice of your spirit, which is your conscience, amen? Uh, and so uh, uh, we, we talked last week about uh, in Romans eight sixteen, which is the spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. So when God speaks to us, he speaks to our spirit, amen? He bears witness with our spirit. Some people say, well, well, well God put this thought in my mind. God doesn't speak to your mind. God speaks to your spirit, man. And the Bible says the spirit man, is, he says, out of your belly. So the, he, the heart of man uh, is, is down in your, in, uh, he said, Jesus calls it your belly, and also other places call it your heart. It's really the core of man. And so it's hard to explain sometimes, but the, your spirit man comes out of your belly, and you hear those voices uh, coming up, as opposed to your mind, which is, is, is all that between your ears. And it takes some, it takes some effort to listen to that. You have to train yourself to listen to that quiet voice of your spirit. Uh, it has a unique voice, amen? Uh, but you have to train yourself to do that. Now, Paul said uh, when he was uh, being tried by, uh, by some of the Jewish people, he said, let's turn over to Acts chapter 23. I think we'd read this, but it would be good just to read it again today. Uh, uh, he said uh, here in, in verse 1, And Paul, earnestly beholding the council, uh, said, Men and brethren, I have lived in all good conscience, before God until this, until this day. And the high priest Ananias commanded them that stood by him to smite him on the mouth. Why did they smite him on the mouth? Because he said he's lived in all good conscience until this day. So what's he saying? He said, I have lived according to the voice of my conscience, which is the voice of my spirit, until this day uh, in a good way without any errors. And for a Jewish person, you know, they're, they're like, well, we all fail, we sin, you know, there's no way we can ever live right. And for them, it was, it was a, almost blasphemy to say you can live without error. Uh, and so that's why they smote uh, Paul, because nobody can live that way. Paul said, I've lived in all good conscience until this day. Now, you know, that was after he got born again. Before he got born again, he was throwing people in prison. Amen? So he wasn't living in all good conscience before he got born again. But since he got born again, he lives according to his conscience. Now, your conscience is, again, the voice of your spirit, which, according to Romans chapter 8, hears words from heaven. And so, you know, if you don't know what to do, remember we, we read the prophecies from Ezekiel that he's going to put a new spirit in you and then he's going to put his spirit in, in you after that. And he's going to write the, the, the laws of, of uh, his, write his laws upon your heart. Well, what's that mean? That just means that everywhere you go, you always know exactly what to do. 
Well, Lord, what should I do? Well, the law of God says don't do this or do that. So I'm going to tell you about that, that kind of a, a shady place on the north side of town, right? See, my conscience just says run. I can drive by there. My conscience says don't ever stop there, right? Now, if, if there was somebody that had need, you know, and the Lord, you know, he might send you in for something like that. But as far as being uh, participating in whatever they're doing in there, and it doesn't mean that it's even against the law, but my conscience is like, don't, don't do that, right? Don't do that. But see, what happens a lot of times is people will, their conscience will tell them don't do that, but their flesh will, yeah, but I like to do that. Okay, shut up. We're not doing that. See, that's, that should be your response, right? Because your flesh will oftentimes say, but I like to do that. That's fine. Shut up. Amen. Now, you don't have to tell your neighbor to shut up, right? Uh, when, when I was growing up and grew up in New Hampshire, we always told each other to shut up all the time. And I moved to Tennessee. Oh, we don't say shut up, you know, in Tennessee. Well, I say, well, I said, what do you say? Well, we say hush. Hush. I said, well, what's that mean? It means shut up. So you can't say shut up, but you can say hush, which means shut up, right? But it sounds nicer, right? But it's the same, the same. Now, see, if you live in, if you go up north, they just say shut up. You know, you go to Chicago, New Hampshire, shut up. Uh, and and you, should, you should do that with your flesh on a regular basis. Tell them to shut up. Well, I, I like going there. Shut up. Yeah. We're not going there. Amen. Amen. And see, if you'll do that enough, after a while, your flesh will be like, I'm not even going to bother saying anything because you're just going to tell me to shut up. <laughs> and see, then, you're, then your flesh gets lined up where it's supposed to be in service of your spirit. Yeah. Amen. But see, the flesh oftentimes will try to raise up and rise up in your life and demand it, it, it uh, gets to do what it wants to do. And your spirit, your conscience, your, conscience, your spirit man will be like, yeah, don't do that. But then, you know, uh, you weigh the desire of your flesh with the desire of your spirit. And oftentimes, well, well we're going to do that. We're going to do what my flesh wants me to do. Uh, and so you have to be careful because there's a place that you get to that would be a problem, right? Uh, and so let's turn to 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, and we'll see uh, what that problem is. So everybody's got a conscience. If you're, if you're saved, you've got a conscience. If you're not saved, you still have a conscience. You have a voice of your spirit, even if you're not saved because you have a spirit. It's just not a sure guide right? Because it's not born again. It doesn't have the life of God in it. Amen? Uh, but, your, but your spirit man, once it's born again, whatever it says to do, if you'll follow that diligently, you'll never make a mistake in your life. And never. Now, you have to be diligent. It takes a lot of work to train yourself to be that way if you, if you haven't done that before. Uh, and so here he says in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, he said, now the spirit speaketh expressly. Now, now so of course, Paul is writing, and everything he writes is, is directed by the Spirit of God, but this is a, a, a stronger word from God here that, that it's specifically the Spirit of God said, you need to write these things right here. Uh, that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctors of devils. Of course, uh, what's Brother Randy's message going to be when he comes here? He's going to talk about seducing spirits. Amen. But he says, who are these people? These are people that, that uh, were in the faith. Because they couldn't be somewhere, they couldn't depart from somewhere unless they were there to begin with. They departed from the faith. So they're in the faith, so they were Christians. So he's talking about the people of God. He's not talking about the world, right? The world's already blinded by the, by the, uh, by the devil, amen? They don't see God. They don't see the value of God. But the people in church uh, do, at least they did it at some point in time. Uh, but how, did they uh, how and why did they depart from the faith? So this is not, this is not our, our particular message here, but they did that because they gave heed to seducing spirits. Now, what you'll find is seducing spirits are more active in the church than in the world because the world's already full, full of, uh, of the devil, right? Uh, but see, seducing spirits, they'll whisper to you, oh, you're such a wonderful person. 
oh, you know, uh, I, I'll tell you this, and, and I mean no disrespect at all, uh, but my pastor uh, that I was with for 20 years, he, he fell for this trap because people in the church started whispering to him, pastor, nobody can teach like you. Nobody knows the word of God more than you know. You know the word of God more than anybody else. We shouldn't have to go to anywhere else to hear from heaven. You can tell us everything we need to hear. And the first few times, she's like, no, nah, you know. But after a while, it's like, yeah, you're right. And he'd get up and preach. You, you don't have to go anywhere else but this church to hear everything you need to hear. I, I can teach you. I, not, not this, because of this building, right? Because we bring in other ministers, right? But uh, I never say, you get everything from me. Because first of all, it's not biblically true. Mm-hmm. It can't be biblically true because the, the, the Bible says he gave us the fivefold ministry gifts. So if you only needed the pastor, he wouldn't have given five ministry gifts. He would have given only the pastor. Uh, but he started saying, uh, you get everything you need from me, from my teaching. Everything I teach you is all that you need. Well, see, that's a seducing spirit that will cause you to elevate yourself beyond where you're supposed to be. Amen? doesn't mean that he wasn't a good teacher. He was an exceptional teacher of the Word of God. But he wasn't the only teacher of the Word of God. Amen? Uh, and so seducing spirits, they'll try to seduce you. Well, just do this little thing. You know, you don't need to be, look so righteous, so religious. You know, if you, don't, if you don't go to that dive up on the north side of town, you're just self-righteous. No, I'm not self-righteous. I'm just righteous. Amen? And so I don't have to go to that seedy place in town to prove anything. See, the seducing spirits will try to prove, get you to prove. You've got to prove how spiritual you are by going to that place. You've got to prove how spiritual you are by, you know, uh, putting yourself in these positions, right? Go, go you know... Look at things you ought not look at to prove how spiritual you are. Well, just don't look at them. Yeah. Amen. I'm not doing that. Amen. That's tempting God. Yeah. Uh, amen. Uh, and so, and doctrines of devils. Uh, you know, there's a lot of, the devil's got as much doctrine as God does. Mm-hmm. You know, the word of God tells us all the doctrine, but there's doctrines of devils. You know, uh, it was many years ago now, but uh, these folks came, came to me and said, uh, they said, you need to hear this one guy on, on, on the internet. He's amazing, Right. Hey, he's teaching all these things, and you just gotta listen to him. I'm kind of picky about who I listen to. I like to listen to people that, that doesn't make my stomach turn, right? Uh, you ever listen to people and it's just like, I just, just like, like eating like broccoli. I mean, just the worst, right? It's just the worst. And so this guy got, got online, he's teaching, he said, we need to have the simple church. And the simple church is no buildings, no, no chairs, you know, you just meet in somebody's house sitting on a couch. And all of us can do that. Well, what's he trying to do? He's trying to get rid of the local church. He's trying to get rid of the pastor. You don't need a pastor. You don't need somebody that, that directs you into the Word of God and tells you what the Word of God says and how to apply it to your life. All of us can, be, uh, can get that information from the Word of God. That's funny that God would set up the pastor and then you say that you don't need the pastor. Isn't that funny? I mean, I, I didn't write it. Who, who wrote that you need a pastor? The Lord did, right? In fact, what did he say in Matthew chapter 9? He says, they are scattered in, uh, abroad uh, like... Sheep having no what? No shepherd. Amen? Every child of God should have a shepherd in her life, right? A pastor, a local pastor, a human pastor. Not, well, Jesus is my shepherd. That's true. He's all of our shepherd. But he is assigned as the head of the church under shepherds, under him, called the local pastor. The word pastor and shepherd are the same Greek word. Uh, He is assigned local shepherds to the body of Christ on the earth. And if you don't have a pastor on the earth, then you're in rebellion to the head of the church who established them. Amen? Now, I mean, you know, I'm not trying to... Uh, look, you have any pastor you want to. Amen? Really, you should have any pastor the Lord wants you to have. Amen? Not, not, well, I like that guy over there. You know, you know, he wears sneakers to church. 
I mean, if that's your, if that's your most important thing, I've had people fuss at me because I wear a tie. Like, spend like 15 minutes telling me you shouldn't wear a tie. You know, you don't have to wear a tie. Well, so-and-so over there doesn't wear a tie. I don't care. None of your business for a tie anyway, amen? I don't complain about what you wear. And so, you know, and I don't really care what you wear, as long as it's decent, you know, modest, of course. But, uh, and so, doctrines of devils. Simple church is a doctrine of devils. Well, you don't need a local church. Well, what are they trying to do? Destroy the church. If, if you don't have a shepherd, you'll be, Jesus said you'll be scattered abroad. Like just sheep wandering around, right? They're still sheep. They go to heaven, wandering around. No, no stability in their life. And I didn't write it. Jesus said those words amen, himself, amen? And so how many doctors of devils? There's so many doctors of devils. You know, God doesn't want to prosper you. That's a doctrine of devil. Amen? We read, I think we just like we, last week we read that he, he takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servants. Well, then he wants to prosper you. Amen? Can they get out of balance in that? Absolutely, but you can get out of balance in anything. Amen? Uh, and so there are plenty of doctrines. Well, how do you, how do you uh, re- resist doctors of devil? Just read the word. Really simple. Because when, when, when that guy starts, you know, and now look, I, I, I powered through like several of his videos. I didn't just watch one. I, uh, and they were just like nails on a chalkboard. But sometimes you got to, you know, I call it opposition research. You know, sometimes you got to see what the, what the doubt and unbelief crowd says. So, you, you know, because to me, it's like it doesn't make any sense. Well, I told you when we started healing school, I called up a friend of mine who, who goes, he's a member of the First Church of Doubt and Unbelief. And I says, why do you guys don't believe in healing? Because it doesn't make any sense to me. Why wouldn't you believe in healing? But there's plenty of people in church who don't believe in that. And when they go to a church, they, they get up, God doesn't want to heal you. Okay, well, tell me why. Uh, and, and he's like, well, you know, and, he's, and, and everything he said was like, blah, 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 blah. It's like, that doesn't make any sense, right? It makes, doubt and unbelief makes no sense to me. But for people that are steeped in that religion, right, of that doctrines of devils, See, it's a doctrine of devils. They said, God doesn't want to heal you. That's a doctrine of devils. Because you won't find any verse in the Word of God that God says, I prefer to, for you to remain sick. How many times did Jesus say that to anybody that came to him? Jesus, I'm sick. I need healing. You know, my preference is for you to remain in the, in the sad state that you're in. Because I love you. Really? You love me? You want me to stay sick? Yes, I love you very much. I want you to stay sick. You see, that in our minds, you know, something doesn't add up, Right? But, but Dr. Devil say, yeah, you've got to accept that. Okay, I guess I've got to accept that. See, that's it. the Dr. Devils are easy to resist if you, if you love the Word of God. If you don't really love the Word of God, you'll fall for anything. Amen? And so love the Word of God. That's the, that's the easiest way out of that. Amen? But then he says uh, in verse 2, speaking lies in hypocrisy. Now, he's talking to people in the church that will speak lies in hypocrisy. Uh, you know, uh, uh, I was at my nephew's funeral a, a long time ago, and the guy got up and said, well, God needed him in heaven more than uh, uh, he needed to be on the earth. So he took my, do- my, my sister's child to heaven. Well, that is a lie. That's a flat-out lie in hypocrisy. Because he doesn't believe that, but uh, you know, he's trying to, trying to find a way to comfort the mother for the loss of, of her child, but how does it comfort a mother to say, you know, God murdered your child and took him to heaven so you can't have him? How, do, how would that make any mother feel? I mean, it's amazing that anybody would ever serve a God like that. I mean, any, you know, of course, it's not true. God doesn't, not, he's not in the business of murdering children, amen? But that's speaking lies and hypocrisy. But then he says what? Having their conscience seared with a hot iron. 
And he goes on down and talks about other things. I mean, we could, we could, there's a, this is like uh, several verses of meddling right here, right? You meddle in somebody's life. Forbidding to marry. Now, who wrote this? Paul wrote this. Was Paul married? No. Some people think Paul was against marriage. He's not against marriage because he said it's a doctor to, to, forbid, to forbid marrying. Amen? He said, it's, you know, if you, can, if you cannot marry, and Jesus said that. He says, look, if you cannot marry, uh, then it's probably better for you because the time is short. But nothing wrong with getting married. Amen? I love being married. I've been married for 35 years. I look forward to the next 35 years. Amen? Uh, commanding to abstain from meats. Oh, you can't eat that meat, right? Uh, I, was at a, I was in a doctor one time, and he said, well, you know, our ancestors didn't eat a lot of meat. Like, you weren't there. You don't know. <laughs> you know, they just make up stuff, right? How do you know? Were you there? All the cave drawings are murdering, you know, <laughs> buffalo. Every cave drawing is killing a buffalo somewhere, right? Or a mastodon or some elephant of some kind, right? All they're doing is murdering. How long would it take you to eat a buffalo? You ever seen a buffalo? They're huge, right? And so what's he doing? He's making it up. Amen? Now look, there's wars fought. You know, can't eat all that red meat. You know, if you wait long enough, they'll tell you, you know, red meat's actually not so bad after all, right? And so I'm always suspicious when people... Are in, are in conflict with what the Word of God says. You should never eat just any meat. Just be a vegetarian. Well, what did he call that? He called that a doctor to devil. Now, I didn't write it. He called that. Amen? So, look, if you, if you just love vegetables, my wife loves vegetables. She could just, you know, just because she loves us so much, it's not that she's against meat. She just loves vegetables, you know? And I like vegetables, you know, uh, the good ones anyway. Uh, and so, there's a few that, you know, that they ought not be food, right? To just, you know, bury them somewhere. But anyway, so... Uh, he said, because uh, God created them to be received with thanksgiving uh, for, of them which believe and know the truth. So, I mean, we, again, we can meddle on that for a long time, but, uh, but the, the part we want to get to is in verse 2, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. So, so what's he saying there? He says, uh, the problem that the church runs into is their voice of their spirit is speaking, but uh, uh, we will reject that voice so often, it's the same thing as, as searing that voice with a hot iron. Uh, you ever seen, you know, somebody that's got a burn like that, seared, uh, you know, some of their skin with a hot iron? Well, and it scars, right? There's scar tissue on that, which means, it, it, you know, the, the, there's no blood vessels anymore, it's just scar tissue, uh, and the blood doesn't flow like it's supposed to in that area, right? You, uh, it doesn't work like it's supposed to, and that's what happens to a lot of Christians is they get their conscience seared with a hot iron by rejecting it enough times that it's, it's, it's just as if they don't have a conscience. Right? They still got the conscience, and he's still speaking, but the, the voice of your conscience can't get through that scar tissue to tell you what to do. And so you get to a point where you, all you yield to is your flesh or your mind, and you don't even hear the voice of your spirit. And it'd be, well, you know, uh, uh, I didn't see anything wrong with that. Yeah, because your conscience is seared. So you need to have a, a, a very... Uh, 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 remember in the Old Testament he said I'll, I'll take that stony heart out of them and give them a heart of flesh mm-hmm. what he's talking about is having a conscience that, that it's, not, it's not stony right that's not seared like this but that's it, real soft and, and supple like it's supposed to be and you can hear the voice of your conscience because if you're not careful you will listen to these doctors of devils you will yield to these seducing spirits and your spirit man the whole time is going run don't listen to that don't do that don't hear those words and you go, yeah, but I love those words. I want to hear those words. And after a while, your conscience is like, I, try, I tried to help you, but, but you're not hearing me. Uh, you know, I, I know a few things about uh, computers. 
uh, and uh, over the years, you know, I've tried to help people, uh, and um, uh, you know, mo most people you can help, but every now and then you get somebody, you know, hey, we'll do this. I don't want to do it that way. Well, why are you asking me that? I mean, I know how to do it. Just do it that way. Yeah, but I don't want to do it that way. Well, then they don't want to hear from you, right? Uh, and it's the same thing with your conscience. Your conscience say, don't do that, but your flesh be, yeah, but I want to do it. And you keep doing it, you keep doing it, you keep doing it, and the scar tissue will get uh, on your conscience, and, and, and it's just like it's not there, but it's still there speaking. Now, the way out of that, you can get out of that, but it requires you to commit to the Word of God and to commit to repentance before the Lord. Lord, you know, what I've done over here is, is against your word and against your spirit. Uh, and he, he can give you the revelation of that and, and show you that you need to correct that, uh, that error in your life. But it, but it takes effort on your part. You have to decide, Lord, I want to hear your voice more than the voice of my flesh uh, and set aside the voice of your flesh. Uh, and that scar tissue will begin to dissolve uh, that where your, your conscience has been seared uh, and you'll begin to hear your conscience because your conscience is always... It's always full of joy and, and peace uh, and will lead you in, into peace. Amen? Amen? Your flesh will always lead you into warfare. Uh, you, know, you, know, you know people that's like, it's always a war. Everything is a war with them. Why is that? Well, they refuse to listen to their conscience. Because it, so often you can get into, into a conflict uh, and uh, you, know, you can bring peace into a conflict if, if peace is, is a possibility. Amen? But some people, they bring, you know, gasoline in a match to every conflict, right? They say, how you doing? <laughs> you want to talk about it? And they light up that match, right? And the next thing, they're throwing uh, gas on the fire, and everything's exploding, and, and that's their life. Everything is a, a bomb. Everything explodes, right? Why is that? Because they won't listen to their conscience. You know, uh, uh, if, if, uh, I'm a great peacemaker. Uh, if people are having conflict, I can walk in. I can just walk in and be the adult. Uh, and uh, uh, there was, I've told this story before, I know, but uh, this was back when I was with my pastor, and uh, they had a fellowship hall. You know, we're fixing to have a fellowship hall here, uh, and people could, you know, the people in the church could kind of, you know, book it for different meetings that they were having, and so there was like a college group, and there was a women's group, and there was, you know, different groups. There was a one-legged group, and there's all kinds of groups there, uh, and so I made up the last one, right? Uh, and so but so, so, so one, one particular Saturday, the, the women were going to have a meeting and the, and the college age group was going to have a meeting. The college age group had reserved it first and, and then the women were going to come after that. Well, there was a big conflict between the, the guy running the college group and, and the lady running the, the women's group. And, and my pastor in his great wisdom said, Chip, you go handle that. Well, thanks. You know, I'd, I'd rather do anything other than dealing with this conflict, right? Because it's not, I, I'm not the pastor, right? But, you know, you do what you're told and it's fine. And so... I said, what's the problem? Uh, and and so, so the lady, she's just mad. She's mad, right? She's, last year, so it's been a year, last year we had the same thing and, and he went over his time. And he went past the time and we were supposed to get in there and have our meeting and he just kept on going. And he wouldn't leave. Uh, and I said, well, uh, Larry, is that what you did? Yeah. I said, well, are you going to leave on time this year? Yeah. I said, Okay. What else are we going to say? Well, he needs to say he's going to leave. Well, he just said he was going to leave. Yeah, but he needs to leave when he's supposed to. Okay, he just said he would. I mean, well, you want me to like, like hold him at gunpoint? Or, uh, you know, he just, he's a grown man. He, he said he's going to leave on time. You know, maybe he was making a mistake last year or whatever. Maybe he didn't know you were coming after him. But he just said, he, what, what do you want me to do? Well, I want, I, I want a pound of flesh. Okay, you know, you got, a, you got a, a pocket knife or something? I mean, you know, some people, they want, they want a pound of flesh 
in order to appease them. And, 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 well, that's not scriptural. Uh, and look, it wasn't a, he left when he was supposed to. It wasn't even a deal. But see, she, it just, it just, she wanted to, uh, to be acknowledged that he was so wrong a year ago. It's like, did, did the world come to an end? Because you couldn't eat a cupcake at the, at the right time? I mean, I, what were you, I don't know what you're doing in there. I mean, was it like a birthing session that you had to, you know, they're coming, the baby's coming right now. Uh, you know, there was no, the, the time wasn't time sensitive, right? And, and yeah, he should have respected her, no doubt. But, it, but she made it a deal like this. And it was a deal like this, right? I mean, you know, there's nothing wrong with, hey, can you be here on time or leave on time? Nothing wrong with that. But it's not a big deal, right? It's not the end of the world. Uh, but she wanted to be the end of the world. They, well, the world will stop spinning if he doesn't leave. I don't think that's true. I think it's going to keep on going, amen? Uh, and so, but see, she didn't want to listen to the voice of her spirit, which will always bring peace. She wanted, to, you know, she wanted to argue and keep arguing after, you know, because I'm like, okay, he said he's going to leave. What else are you going to do? And she wanted, she wanted another 15 minutes of fussing. It's like, well, we're not, we're not adding any value here. Uh, and so, but uh, you ever dealt with people like that? Everything's a fight. Everything is an argument, right? You know, see, what, why is that? They won't listen to their spirit man. Because the spirit man, now look, if the spirit, uh, your spirit man won't back down. Your spirit man is not a coward, amen? If there's a fight to be had and there's no way out of it, it it'll stand its ground, right? I mean, it's, Jesus was never a wimpy person, amen? But if he could find peace, he'd find peace, amen? And your spirit man knows peace because it has the access to the spirit of God. And, and you can go just say, okay, what's the problem? Amen. Uh, and so, uh, and I could tell you lots of stories like that. Amen. Uh, and my goal oftentimes is to be the adult. I can walk in and just, you know, let's all, let's all talk about it. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Shut up. We're going to talk about it. Right. And so, uh, so you've got to be careful uh, that you don't sear your conscience. That when your conscience is telling you, you've got to train yourself to yield to that. Because if you refuse to yield it and again and refuse to yield it again and refuse to yield to it again, it will be seared. When the doctors of devils come and they tell you, you know, you can sleep with whatever you want to and do whatever you want to. You know, there, there was a pastor not long ago. He was accused of all kinds of sexual harassment. And he said, he said it's not sexual harassment. He said, I'm, I'm Italian. <laughs> What, what's that even mean, right? Is that a thing? Is that an option? Well, what is that? That's a doctrine of devil, right? It doesn't say don't sexually harass people in the church unless you're Italian and then it's okay, right? Is that, I mean, is that, a, is that an option? I mean, my heritage is French. They're kind of just like the Italians, right? Uh, they're not much different than the Italians in that, in that regard. Is that an option? Can we do that? No, we can't do that. What is that? That's a doctrine of devil, amen? And see, if you're not careful, you will yield to that and say things like that. You know, other people say, well, I'm just emotional. I'm just an emotional person. I don't care. If your, your spirit man will not let you be an emotional person in that regard, right? Where your emotions control your life. And we're going to get to, when we get to, to the soul, we're going to talk about emotions, right? And, and how they operate. And God gave them to us. Amen. So they're okay to have, but they can't, they shouldn't control your life. Amen. Uh, and so, uh, so you've got to be careful that when a doctrine of devil comes, that, that the doctrine devil is going to appease to your flesh. You know, uh, you know a lot of ministers I've observed, uh, especially, especially pastors seem to be this way more than other ministers, primarily because they have a, a regular group of people that they're responsible for. Uh, but a lot of times uh, pastors will be dictators in the church. Uh, and, and they'll, you know, you do this, you do that, and you do this thing over there. 
and, and they, they try to train the people that you have to do what I tell you to regardless of what I tell you to do. And they get people so uh, wound up in, in almost uh, hero worship that they never listen to their spirit man. All they listen to is what I tell them to do. But you, you are a spirit being. I am not your God. Amen? Uh, and nothing wrong with, uh, I mean, I'm the head of I'm the highest authority in this ministry, but that doesn't make me your God. Amen? Uh, I get, as the highest authority, you know, at the end of the day, I have to call the shots. Now, if you've got, uh, if you've got insight, I'd be glad to hear it. Amen? But at the end of the day, I still have to make the decision. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I've got no problem with people, hey, I've got this thought about this, I've got the thought about that. Now, and, and, and I do, I look forward to that because I think the Lord's invested a lot of wisdom in your, in your hearts. But that doesn't mean that's always what we've got to do. Amen? You know, I, I don't know why I was thinking about this during praise and worship, but, <clears throat> you know, if I came into your house and said, you know, your couch is in the wrong place. You need to move that couch. You know, what would you say? Most of you would be like, shut up, get out of my house, right? Because, <laughs> you know, if you're in New Hampshire, that's what they tell you, right? In Tennessee, they hush, you know, get out of my house. Uh, no, you say, shut up, you know, I'm not going to rearrange your furniture. It's not your furniture. But, you know, it's amazing how many people come into this church and any church and say, what you're doing is wrong. Well, why are you here? I mean, it's just the oddest thing, right? The, you know, uh, and they have a list. They walk in and go, yeah, yeah that right there. No, I can't. That right, yeah, that right there. What you're doing over here? No, no. I've had people tell me what you're doing is wrong. You've been here a day, a second. How would you know, right? Uh, and, and so, uh, I don't know. It's just it's odd to me, right? Uh, see, I don't think their conscience would let them do that. I've told the story plenty of times. You know, I ran sound for, for, for 20 years. I was a good sound man. You know, I, I knew all the technical aspects of sound. And I can run into it. We were at a concert last night. We went to a Christian concert last night. And he's like, yeah, they could adjust, you know, the vocal. I was in a church not long ago, another church visiting there. And I was, yeah, they could, you know. But you know, what I, what I, you know what I tell people? Nothing. Now, I have the knowledge and I can, I can recognize that, hey, something could be adjusted. But it is none of my business. And I wouldn't make it my business. Well, they just need to do it right. According to you, right? According to you. Uh, and so, uh, you know, just because you have knowledge doesn't mean that, that you're obligated to, to make everybody conform to what you think should be done. Uh, and so, I don't know, you know, it's just, it's just the oddest thing, right? When, when people come and try to tell you how to do things. I don't, I don't walk into people's house and tell them how to run their house. I don't walk into people's, other people's churches and tell them how to run their church or run their sound. Or I don't walk into people's business and tell them how to run their business. You know, none of my business, right? Uh, and so... Uh, you know, you can observe things and acknowledge things, but as far as me going beyond that and, and in telling people, well, I've, what you're doing is just wrong. Now, if they ask, maybe, you know, I mean, when we were in one of Brother Randy's meetings, they were having problems with the sound, and, and Miss Patty said, hey, Pastor Chip, would you go back there? I know you know something about that. Would you go back there and fix it? I said, no. Well, you need to submit. I mean, I wasn't being disrespectful. I said, I'm not, if, I said if you'll go, go back there and tell the sound man that you've asked me to help, I'll be glad to assist. But I'm not going to go and just usurp authority where it doesn't belong to me. And she was fine with that. She went back there and, and, uh, and uh, asked the sound man, you know, or, or they told the sound man because he works for her. Uh, and, and I helped him. We got it fixed. It wasn't a big deal. Uh, and so, but see, your conscience would never, ever let you do something like that. Never let you disrespect other people. Amen? Never. Uh, people do it all the time. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, let's, uh, let's look at... Uh, where, Let's look at Romans uh, chapter 9 real quick. So the voice of your conscience is really important. You need to train yourself to hear 
the voice of your conscience. The voice of your conscience will always be in perfect alignment with the Word of God, always in perfect alignment with the Spirit of God. Now, it will never violate any of those things. Amen? Now, and it's going to be the quiet one. How many times have you said, yeah, I know I shouldn't have done that, but I did that anyway? Anybody ever thought that, experienced that? Well, what did you mean by, you know, I knew I shouldn't have done it, but I did it anyway? The knowing part, the knowing part came from your conscience, your spirit man. The doing it anyway came from your flesh, right? Shut up, we're doing it anyway. Okay, you know, here we go. Uh, and so, uh, Paul said here in verse, uh, Romans chapter 9, verse 1, I say the truth in Christ, I lie not. My conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost. I think this is a really important verse because your conscience uh, is, is going to be connected and bear witness with you in the Holy Ghost. In other words, those two, the, the Spirit of God and your spirit, are going to be connected, right? They're going to bear witness with one with another. Your spirit man, you know, because your spirit man has its own uh, information, own knowledge, and it may say, well, you know, I think we should do this. Uh, and when your spirit man says that, the Holy Spirit will bear witness with that, yeah, do that. You'll have, you'll have two witnesses, that's, that's what you should do. Uh, and if you'll, if you'll train yourself that when you, when you think that you want to do something, if you're having a difficulty in, in, in separating your conscience, the voice of your spirit from the voice of your mind, Wait to hear from heaven. Wait to, to let the Holy Ghost bear witness with you. Yeah, that's the right thing to do. And then you'll begin to recognize, okay, that's the voice of my spirit versus just my mind and making up things. Uh, the, most of the church, they're so mixed up, they don't know the voice of their mind from the voice of their flesh, from the voice of their conscience. Uh, and those are all three voices that they walk around with every day, right? And we're not talking about hearing voices from trees and weird things like that. We're just talking about, you know, what voice are you going to listen to? Now, the world has no concept of this, right? Psychiatry has no concept of this, right? They, they call it the id, or they have all kinds of weird names. Your subconscious, you ever heard of that phrase, subconscious? There's no, there's no, there's no knowledge of the subconscious in, this, in the Word of God. And so it's their effort to explain the hidden man of the heart, the Bible calls it, which is your spirit man. They have no, they have no awareness of that, amen? Uh, and so uh, let's look at one more verse um, uh, in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And then we'll, uh, and then when we come back uh, next week, we're going to be talking about walking in the Spirit. What, what does that mean? And that's a, uh, that will help us uh, stabilize our lives. Amen. Uh, and so we're in, uh, going to First Corinthians chapter eight. Uh, he says here, um, <clears throat> and of course, there's a, there's a lot of things uh, that we could talk about uh, in this discussion here, but in uh, Let's, let's look in verse um, 12, 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 12. He says, uh, well, let, let's, uh, let's back up to verse 9. Um, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. Uh, and so in the, in the context of what he's talking about, he's talking about eating meat or not eating meat, right? And, and of course, we, we read earlier that, that the, it, it is a doctrine of the devil that you shouldn't eat, eat meat. But, you know, there's a lot of people that it's not so much that they're trying to profess a doctrine devil. Some people are just afraid of that, right? There's fear that motivates them. Uh, and it's not so much not, a, now they're yielding to the doctrine of devils, but they're not, they're not out preaching this doctrine of devils. Uh, I mean, some people, if you, if you told them about eating bacon, they, they, they would run, right? Uh, and, and so, but if they'd ever eat bacon, they would know that it's wonderful, right? Amen? Uh, and so, uh, you should never fear bacon. You should love bacon. Amen? Uh, and so, uh, but he says, um, uh, but meat commendeth us not to God, for neither, uh, for neither, this is verse 8, 
For neither if we eat, we are the better, neither if we eat not, we are the worse. Well, that tells you right there that, that eating meat or not eating meat is your, is your path to health, right? Well, we gotta, you can't eat meat. If you want to be healthy, you can't eat meat. It says that we are neither better nor worse if we eat it or we don't eat it. Is that what it says? Now, I didn't write it. So, you know, well, I don't believe that. Well, not my problem, right? I mean, I, when I read that, I go, okay, no problem. I can eat meat and be good. I cannot eat meat and be good. That's when I, isn't that what it says? So if that's what it says, then that's what it means. Amen? It's not really hard to understand. Uh, and so, uh, so uh, in that, then he says, uh, but, uh, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours becomes a stumbling block to them that are weak. Now, in chapter 14 of, of Romans, he talks about how those who won't eat meat are weak in faith. Uh, and that's true, because if, if you're not eating meat because you're afraid that you're going to get cholesterol or you're going to get heart disease or whatever, then you're weak in faith, right? Because you can eat meat and not have heart disease. Amen? Um, and that's what he's implying there. But he's also telling you, look, don't be a jerk about it. Don't go wave the slab of bacon in front of somebody if they're, if they're a vegetarian and go, oh, you, you know, you, you need to eat meat. Well, for the, if you force them to eat meat, it would be a stumbling block to them, right? Because there are some people who, who from a religious standpoint, won't do it. And, and, and I mean, it's wrong, but Paul says, but that, that's where they are. So just let them be. Amen. It's not your job to be the sheriff of the body of Christ. Uh, and so, so he said, this liberty, so there's freedom of eating meat. I've known that for a long time. I'm so free, you know, I eat bacon all I want to, right? Uh, and so, uh, so that he said, there's liberty in doing that. But for other people, he said, this liberty of yours can become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So, you know, there are people who, who have not matured like they should, and they, they operate by fear. They, you know, they won't do anything because of fear. Well, I don't do that, I don't do that, I don't do that, you know? Uh, and it's like, really? Why not? Because I'm afraid. Okay, well then you're weak in faith. Amen. Now, now we shouldn't belittle people like that. Amen. We shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't be unkind to people like that because they're, they're sincere in their weakness of faith. Now, for those who, who are militant about it, you know, I'm, I'm going to eat meat. You don't like it. I'm eating meat anyway, right? Uh, and so uh, he's not talking about those. He's talking about just sincere Christians who just, they, they haven't grown up yet like they should have. Amen. And there's a lot of Christians like that. They won't do a lot of things. You know, oh, I can't do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, a lot of Christians say, well, I can't have any fun because that's sin. Really? You can't enjoy anything? No, because fun is sin. It's like, you know, fun is not sin. Amen? You can play pickleball and it not be sin. Amen? Well, you know, it looks like sin to me. Okay, fine, you know. So, but but uh, the thing I like about what Paul said there in verse 9 is you're not required to give up your liberty to, to appease other people. Amen? If you want to eat meat, eat meat. That's what Paul says. He said, but don't... don't uh, Take that and cause somebody else to stumble. Amen? Uh, because you'll, be, you'll, you'll find yourself uh, crossways with God. Yeah, uh, and so, uh, you know, because some people, you know, they, 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 don't, they, they believe you've got to wear a tie or you're going to die and go to hell, to church, right? Well, you know, I mean, that's not really true. But, um, you know, some people are really, I mean, they're, some people believe that if you, don't, if you miss a, a day of church, you know, you're in danger of, of eternal damnation. Well, that's not true. I mean, you should be faithful to go to church, but, but if you miss for some reasonable reason, right, even if you miss for an unreasonable reason, you're not going to die and go to hell. Amen? Uh, and so uh, he said, For if any man, verse 10, see thee which uh, has knowledge sit at meat at, in the idol's temple, shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols? So here he's talking about eating meat offered to idols. 
you know, there was a time when, when, uh, when the church was so afraid of everything, they wouldn't do anything. Uh, and uh, there was a time if I had said, like when I, when I first got into church in the 80s, everything was the devil. If I had said, you know, uh, I was just down at, the, at the, the local Satan's temple and they had cheeseburgers for sale and I was hungry and I ate a cheeseburger from, from the, they just offered that cow to Satan and I ate a cheeseburger. They'd be like, oh, you're going to get a devil. Not according to what Paul said, you know, you can eat uh, uh, meat offered at idol's temple. Because why? Well, it's not a real, real God anyway. It's just, you know, it's just meat. Amen? No devils in that. But see, somebody who believes that, if you force them to eat that, it, it would bother them. Why? Because their conscience is weak, right? It's not strong enough to say, it ain't, it's just meat. It ain't, it's a nothing, right? See, their, their flesh and their mind is louder than the voice of their conscience. The conscience is like, there's no real gods other than God. So eat what you want to eat, right? Now, uh, if you go back and look at the history of the church in Acts chapter 15, when they had the big powwow with Paul and Barnabas, they sent a letter to all the people, don't eat meat offered to idols. And Paul took that letter, told them to the churches, but then in his letters he goes, it ain't a really big deal. I mean, it bothers them because they're Jewish, but it ain't a big deal, right? And so he, he, was, he, he basically uh, you know, went in the direction of liberty with the church, even though the Jerusalem church didn't believe that. Uh, and so, uh, is there any differences in churches today? Nothing's changed, amen? 2,000 years, we still have conflict, amen? He says, so the conscience of him, which is weak, uh, be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. Uh, and, so he, and so, you know, if you basically force somebody to violate their conscience, see, even if their conscience said don't eat meat, that's where they are today, right? Now, that conscience hasn't been informed fully by the word of God, but in, in their hearts, as far as I know, it should be wrong to eat meat. Now, the, the Spirit of God is not bearing witness with that. But see, that's not sin or not sin. That's just a weak, a weak conscience, right? Now, see, their conscience never, will, will never say, go and steal that. There's no weak consciences telling you to commit sin. But there are weak consciences that, that are not strong enough to live in full liberty, uh, like eating meat, like eating bacon, right? Uh, and so, because there's uh, plenty of people in the New Testament church who don't believe in, in eating things that... the the Old Testament said don't eat, right, like, like pork. Uh, and so there's New Testament Christians who will eat meat but not eat pork because Old Testament said don't eat pork. Uh, and so uh, what do you do about that? More bacon for meat, right? I mean, that's all you do, right? I mean, it's like, well, that means, that means bacon should be cheaper because, you know, it's not being uh, supply and demand, amen? Uh, now, see, I'm not going to go eat a BLT in front of them if it, if, it, if it would bother them. Now, we had, for a long time, Miss Sue, she went on to be with Heaven, but uh, she was a vegetarian. And she'd come, but she loved our, our church meal. She'd come on the Sundays because she would go to church on Saturday. She'd come to church on Sunday when we'd have a church meal and she'd bring vegetarian food. And she was good cook. It was good food. Uh, but it wouldn't bother a bit if I ate a cheeseburger right in front of her. So I'd eat a cheeseburger in front of her. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't just not do it just because, you know, she doesn't eat meat because it didn't bother her conscience that I eat meat. Amen. She thought I was wrong, but she's in heaven now. She, she realizes, you know, <laughs> she, she was wrong about all those things. So it's fine, right? It's all good. Uh, and so uh, he said uh, in verse 11, and, and through thy knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died. See, they're, they're, you, you've got to be careful about certain things, you know, that things that are, especially that are unimportant, like eating meat. Uh, you've got to be careful about trying to force people to, well, you're just wrong. I mean, they're wrong, but, you know, if they don't have the revelation of that yet, they just leave it alone. Amen. And, it, and what Paul is saying is, look, if you, if you force somebody to violate their conscience, right? I'm not saying do sin because their conscience is not trying to 
do sin or not sin, their consciousness hasn't, hasn't grown up enough to realize, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing that thing, right? And now look, it's got to be, that thing's got to be in the word of God. It can't be, well, there's nothing wrong with committing adultery. Well, yes, there is, right? Uh, it, and so he's not talking about convincing them to commit sin. He's telling them, don't convince them to violate their conscience. If their conscience doesn't let them eat meat, then be okay with that, right? Be perfectly fine with that. Uh, now, look, there, there's a balance to all these things, amen? Especially, and maybe one of these days I will, I haven't gotten to it yet, but I just sense in my heart that one of these days I'll need to have a, a good teaching on food because uh, people oftentimes will say things like, and, and of course, if you say this, don't tell me you've said it because, you know, then you're in trouble. But they'll say, you know, as long as you eat right and get plenty of rest, you know, you live a long life on this earth. Well, what's that, what did you just say? As long as I trust entirely in myself and not in God, then I'll live long on the earth. Baba says, don't trust in yourself. Your living long on this earth is, is available because God promised you could live long on this earth. Not because you eat meat or don't eat meat or eat this or don't eat that or get eight hours or 10,000 steps and eight glasses of water a day. All of that is, is, is trusting in yourself. Amen? You eat whatever you want to eat. Amen? If you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. No problem. No problem at all. But you've got to make sure that you're not trusting in yourself. As long as I, as long as I do this, I will live a long time on this earth. Yeah, that's trusting in yourself. Not trusting in God. Because Paul said, eat whatever you want to eat. No problem. Amen? Uh, and so you, you, there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of that stuff that has snuck into the church about trusting in yourself. You've got to drink only filtered water from the springs of Italy in order to, you know, and all the people in Italy got it's garbage water. You know, you should eat, you know, over in America, they got way better water than we got. Now, I don't know if that's true or not. I've not been to the springs of Italy. But, uh, but still, you know, you think because it's far away, it's got to be better. Amen? And because it's really expensive. Uh, and you get a bottle of water, and you look on the side of it, it's like, comes from the, the city tap of New York. It's like, it's just, it's the same city water you drink over here. Same, and, and besides that, New York, you want to drink any water from New York? I don't know about that, you know. Uh, you got to have great faith to drink water from New York, I suppose. But, uh, so Paul said, uh, are you going to cause your, bro- your weak brother to perish? He, he said, Jesus died for them just like you. So don't be such a jerk about it. Amen. That's, what, that's, what, that's the, that's the uh, 2024 translation of that, right? He said, and then in verse uh, 12, we'll finish up with that. He said, but when, when, but when you sin so against a brother. So, so Paul is saying, if you've forced your brother of, of weak conscience to do something that you have liberty to do, but it violates his conscience, he said, you're in sin. You have committed a sin by, by, by making your brother eat meat when he, when he knows he shouldn't eat meat. Amen? Uh, and so... You know, if, if someone believes they should wear a tie every, every, every service to church, I'd leave it alone. Well, you don't have to wear a tie, brother. Well, but, uh, yeah, but he thought he did, right? Now, I don't wear a tie because I believe if I don't, I'll go to hell. I wear a tie just to honor the Lord. Well, you can honor the Lord without a tie. I know that's true. It doesn't bother me, but I still want to do it. Amen? And, and it's just what I desire to do. And I, I got no doctrinal basis for it other than I just want to honor the Lord, you know, and not look like I'm out mowing the yard. Uh, and, and, you know, and so, uh, so leave me alone, amen? And so, but I don't have a weak conscience in that. I'm fully, fully fine with it. But he said, he said, you sin, you're the one sinning if you convince your brother. Now look, if, if over time you can say, you, you can help them and say, well, let's see what the word of God says, right? There's nothing wrong with that. But you know, some people are just so, so belligerent against you. If you believe something that's different from what they believe, they'll demand that you change. And if your heart's not convinced yet that it needs to change, sometimes they'll change just to appease you. And, and Paul said, you're in sin when you do that. Now, I didn't write this, you know, 
Uh, but there's a, there's a lot of this stuff that goes on in the church all the time. People all the time trying to get you to quit doing what you're doing. And, and you were perfectly fine doing that five seconds ago. And your conscience was perfectly fine with you doing that, not eating any meat, right? No, no problem. I'm not going to run around and tell all the people that, don't, that are vegetarians in the church, you know, all you are wrong. Why? None of my business. Now, they are all wrong. Every single one of them are wrong. But none of my business, right? If, they, if, if they're comfortable in their, with their walk with the Lord for that, no problem. Amen? When I see the Word of God, I think it's in direct conflict with what they say. But I'm not going to cause them to violate their conscience. Amen? Because they might eat meat only out of pressure because I told them to do that. He said, uh, he said uh, but when you so sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. You do it. You're the one in sin. Not them. Well, they're in sin not eating meat. Paul said, you're in sin by forcing the, the issue. Amen? Because you forced them to violate what they believe to be a sincere held uh, belief. Amen? Because they're, they're eating meat or not eating meat is not sin. And it's not, it's not a sin. You know, if, they're, if they, well, I think you should commit adultery every day. Well, they're in sin, right? And you're not violating their conscience when you're doing that by telling them they're in sin because they're not listening to their conscience. Amen? They're listening to their flesh. But, but things that don't matter... You know, well, I think you should mow the grass, you know, every day, right? Uh, you know, I remember one, one lady, we were talking to her. She said, you know, I was talking to somebody, and, and, and they said that they don't clean their bathroom every day. Can you believe somebody doesn't clean their bathroom every day? And, and I'm thinking, the horror of that, you know? I mean, who, who, does, who, who doesn't do that? That's just terrible. And I'm thinking, when's the last time I even mow, uh, washed my bathroom, you know? Uh, and so, uh, clean my bathroom, uh, you know, some people, that, that's important to them, right? And I would say, there's nothing wrong with, you, with not cleaning your bathroom every single day. There's nothing wrong with you cleaning your bathroom every six months, whether it needs it or not, right? There's nothing wrong with that. Now, why? Because it's, it's, is it sin or not sin to clean your bathroom or not clean your bathroom? It, it's neither here nor there. But there's plenty of people that, some people that, you should never mow your, your yard on, on Sunday. Look, that's the Lord's Sabbath. You know, keep it holy. Well, actually, all every day is the Sabbath. Now, as Christians, as, as New Testament Christians, so every day is holy for us. Amen? We live and rest every day. And, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. And I have actually mowed my yard on a Sunday like, because, you know, Saturday's busy and Monday's busy and you couldn't find any other time. You, you know, are you in sin? No, you're not in sin. Well, I, I don't believe it at all. You shouldn't do it at all. Fine. I got no problem with that. You don't want to mow your grass on Sunday? Fine. And, and I rarely have ever mowed my grass on Sunday. But does it matter? Am I going to hell if I'm on my grass on Sunday? You know, there's no devil screaming as every blade I cut, you know, of the grass. It's just, I'm just mowing the grass, amen? But so, will some people make a big deal of that? Brother, and if they don't believe they should mow the grass on Sunday, should I go in, in, in demand that they mow their grass on Sunday? Should I take my lawnmower over there and mow their grass for them on Sunday to show them that, that nobody dies and goes to hell? No, I would never, I would never say anything about it. Why? Because it's not, it's, it's neither here nor there. Amen? And there's a lot of, there's, I mean, there's a whole lot of things like that that people have no liberty at all in their life. They're so constrained in their religious uh, uh, walk with the Lord that they, that, that, they, that, that they think that, you know, that's how they, they should live, and that's fine. Uh, so leave it alone. He said in verse 13, Wherefore, if meat make my brother to offend, I will eat no flesh while the world standeth, lest I make my brother to offend. Uh, and so... So uh, verse th 13, you really have to find the balance, verse 13, amen? Because if you quit doing anything that anybody thought was wrong, you would never do anything, amen? So you can't, you've got to be careful about that. 
But really what he's talking about, if somebody has a sincere belief, just, you know, like a friend of mine one time asked him if he, hey, did you watch the game on Sunday? Oh, we don't have a TV in my house. We don't watch TV in my house. So for him, it was wrong to have a TV in his house, right? He said, we just watch DVDs. And I'm thinking, well, that's just slow TV, right? I mean, it just, what's the difference? Is there any difference? It's still a picture on the television, amen? You're just being very picky about what you watch, fine. Can you also not be picky what you watch with the, with the clicker, right? I mean, it's just, is there any difference at all? There's no difference at all, but for him, it was a huge difference. Now, I could have said, brother, there's nothing wrong with watching a game. Again, you know, I just, I, mean, I don't even care. I just try to find something, you know, sometimes you just chit-chat with people and, you know, hey, did you watch the game? You know, oh, yeah, it was a great game. You know, who won? I have no idea, right? Uh, I mean, who cares, right? But it was, you know, interesting game because he had a big throw, right? Well, who threw it? I don't know, that guy over there, right? Uh, and so, uh, but, you know, you're just trying to, trying to, you know, find a common ground and, and, and um, a common interest to have, to have a conversation with people. But see, he, he thought it was wrong to have a TV in your house or to have cable or satellite, right? Not DVDs. DVDs are fine, right? Because God blessed DVDs, but he didn't bless TVs, apparently, right? Or, or, or cable TV. So, I mean, it, it sounds dumb, doesn't it? Why? Because you have liberty. You know, you just watch w w good things to watch, and you don't watch the bad things you shouldn't watch. Well, you, that's what the clicker's there for, right? To, to, to watch the right things, not watch the bad things. Uh, and so, so, so that mean, I, did I get rid of all my satellite TV and all that stuff? No. I just never talked to him about it again, ever. Uh, and so, uh, so you have to find, verse 13, you've got to find the balance. If you're not careful, you'll get so religious, you'll, you'll take a poll of everything uh, everybody doesn't want to do, and then you'll end up at your house with no furniture sitting on the ground staring at the wall. Because you can't have furniture, because that's expensive. You can't, you know, have a TV, because that's, you know, of, of the devil. You can't, you know, do this or can't do that. And you're going to have a carrot in your refrigerator because you can't eat meat, right? And so you, there's nothing to do. Uh, well, that, that's not what he's talking about, amen? He's talking about don't, don't, if that guy right there, if it bothers him for when you eat meat, then don't eat meat in front of him, amen? But then again, there's other people who are just militant about it, and they're demanding that everybody follow them. I'd eat a cheeseburger every day in front of them. Wouldn't bother me a bit. Triple cheese. I'd go down to Wendy's, get the triple, right? I've never had a triple, but I keep my Wendy's day, I'm going to try the triple, right? Uh, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a big commitment. I haven't done it yet. Uh, and so... Because there are people who, who, are so, who, who are of the devil and demanding that you prove how spiritual you are by not doing all the things they're not doing. I won't bother me a bit. I'll eat a cheeseburger every day. But there's a lot of sincere Christians who really believe that it's wrong to do those things. And, you know, and, and so what I can do is I can follow my spirit, my conscience, who will bear witness from the Holy Spirit. For that person, don't eat meat in front of that person. Okay, no problem, Lord. I'm not going to prove anything to them at all. But then he may say, that guy over there, get the triple. Uh, and he may. I mean, he might do it, right? Uh, how many times did Jesus go do things and they saw him not washing his hands, right, or, 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 or healing on the Sabbath? Did he know that it was Jewish law in their, in their, in their not the biblical law, but in their, in their Talmud, right, where they, where they tried to explain the law, that it was wrong for them to heal on the Sabbath? He knew that. How many times did he heal on the Sabbath? Plenty of times. Did they have a sincere held belief that you shouldn't heal on the Sabbath? Yes. They were wrong. And, and sometimes Jesus, you know, what I call sticking his thumb in their eyeball, on purpose did that. Uh, and so you can't make a law. You've got to find your path. Amen. You've got to find your path to successfully do verse 13. And if you listen to your conscience, you'll find that path successfully. Amen. And so I've got no problem eating, eating a cheeseburger in front of somebody if they're, if they're being rude and, and demanding everybody doesn't do that. No problem. You know, pass me the ketchup. 
Uh, and we're going we're gonna to eat the cheeseburger, amen? But then other people, if it bothered them and they were sincere, the Lord said, you know, don't, don't bother them in that. No problem. i got nothing to prove, amen? See, a conscience can do both ways. A, a conscience of liberty can eat meat or not eat meat. Uh, but a, a religious conscience, you know, not a conscience, but somebody yields to the, only to their mind and their soul, they'll demand that, that, that they have a right, I have a right to eat meat. They're just being carnal, just being fleshly, right? Uh, and so the nice thing about living in liberty is, you, just, you know, within the constraints of the Word of God, you can just do whatever you want to do, amen? Again, within the constraints of the Word of God, amen? You can't kiss the people at church because you're Italian, amen? That's not, that's not liberty, Amen? <laughs> Or French, it doesn't matter if you're French or Italian, it doesn't matter, right? Still wrong, uh, amen? And so, uh, praise God. We'll, we'll uh, continue this next week. Uh, we're going to look at one more section of, the, I mean, you could teach on just the spirit man for a long time, but we're going to look at next week about what it means to walk and live in the spirit uh, and how we can get to a point where, where it's easy for these things, amen? It's, it's really easy. It's, it sounds so hard. It's not hard at all. Easiest thing in the world, amen? If the word of God says you can do it, easiest thing in the world. But you do have to train yourself differently than what you've been used to. Amen. We were trained all of our life to listen to the voice of our flesh uh, and the voice of our mind, but, but never been trained really to listen to the voice of our spirit. So let's pray and thank the Lord for the word today. So Father, we do thank you for the word of God. And Father, we thank you that, that we do have spirit beings alive unto God, sealed by the Holy Ghost, Father, who bears witness, uh, who, whose your spirit bears witness with our spirit, Father, that we are the sons of God, but also bears witness with us in everything we say and do, Father, to, to give us the witness that, yes, we are doing the right thing. Yes, we are making the right decision. Yes, we are going in the right direction. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your goodness, Father, and mercy uh, that, you've, that you've granted us these great gifts of the Spirit of God. Uh, and we give you praise and honor for these things, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. Well, it, it is the uh, first Sunday of the month, and so uh, we're going to get ready to receive communion. So, uh, Brother Tony, if you come up here, of course, Tony is one of our elders here at the church. He's going to receive uh, communion for us today.